the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello, it's Crystal from 104.1 The Fish, and I am so excited about today's guest for another episode of Life Inspired. They are a part of a program that is here in Portland. It's been around since 2017. It is so pertinent. It's called Word is Bond. And their mission is to rewrite the narrative between young black men and law enforcement through leadership development, critical dialogue, and engagement. And I am super excited to have the executive director and founder, Lakiana Drury, with me today. Hi, Lakiana. Hey, thank you for having me, Crystal. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I have to tell folks a little bit about you because, my goodness, you have come to Portland and you have made your mark. Thank you. Uh, You are in the class of 2021's 40 Under 40. What exactly was that? How did you get that already? So how I got nominated, I can't 100% be sure, but I think it's just, it's an honor to be part of that that class of 40 individuals doing leadership and business work here in Portland and just another part of a journey in Portland that I didn't see coming. You know, I moved here to, to be a classroom teacher and it all just kind of spiraled from there. Well, you have made a mark, that's for sure. And we're going to talk about that mark awesome. in just a moment. Spencer Road, he is an Oregon City police officer and he's been there for the past eight years. He's a graduate of the University of Oregon. Woo woo! Married with two boys. He plays the guitar. You're the right place i might make you sing here in a minute and you also train in brazilian jiu-jitsu and next we have munga songolo he grew up in portland but he's originally from zambia and the congo how many people can say that i know that you're a graduate of central catholic you're headed to boston university so we're so proud of you tell us how word is bond has impacted your life in the last few years in the last few years, I'm a second year intern now. Uh, I work as a social media manager for Word is Bond. So I have two like unique perspectives and um, ideas on like looking at it. So like from a first hand and then a second hand. From the first hand experience, I think uh, it helped me as a leader in a sense with uh, going in. I already thought I was a leader, but um, I think it helped strengthen me in a sense like listening to fo- opposing viewpoints and listening to the police officer stories as well as um strengthening my story in which uh, Drury did a good job for every single one of the community of Bastards to uh, help us show that we had uh, power in our stories and uh, our stories are worth telling. That was something in which was uh, big for me um, through the first-hand experience, um, just listening to an occupation that I didn't think too highly of, as well as being able to tell my story and listen to the other my other peers. The thing that I love about this program, and by the way, my son Rock also participated for the first time this yeah. year. This is a program that is designed to help bridge a gap between African-American young men and the police force with everything that's been going on in the world, the history between police officers and the black community. Someone could come out of the program who may not like a police officer to begin with, 
and have a completely different perception because of this relationship that you're building. Yeah, I would say the entire point of the organization, is, as Munga said, is, is telling stories. And stories are the central component of everyone's life. Not everyone's story gets to be heard. And so we're creating a platform for young black men to first discover their story and that it is something worth being told and then creating opportunities for them to tell it. And those that could be most impacted by it, police officers in particular, right now being able to hear those stories unfiltered. And so that's really the goal rather than, you know, when people see it and they see the images, it's not just about bringing police and youth in a room and just feeling good. It's about having those challenging conversations and let everyone take what they need from that conversation. Why was this so important for you to start this program? When we began it, there was a number of community members that had uh, input in helping craft it. And the main piece was that they wanted to see the, the dialogue between young black men and police officers. And what I bring to the table was an experience of being a young black man beyond just policing, right? And looking at all the other aspects that goes into growing up as a black man in this country, whether it was what it was like being in the school system, what it was like growing up without a father, and trying to figure out where where do I fit in this country that never really had me in mind when it was created. Mm. It is a program designed specifically for young men, and you did that purposely. A lot of people, because it is so successful, there's a lot of parents who are like, why don't we have a program like this for the girls? Yeah. But you... Expli- I'm not going to say it for you, but yeah. w- your explanation is perfect. Yeah. Well, so there should be a program for girls, for women, for black women. I'm not the one to create that program. I'm not the person who should be creating that space. A black woman should craft it and should lead that, and they will know what needs to be created, right? What I did was create a program based on people of what I saw was my needs and my experience. And growing up, there was not one space that I occupied that was specifically designed for me as a young black man. And so I wanted to create that space. And the thing that's interesting is that whenever it's like when we say something's just for young black men, it all of a sudden creates this reaction with people. Well, well, what about everybody else? But there's there's never been there's no problem with excluding us. But as soon as we want to create something of our own, there's also this controversy. Right. We have sports teams that are different. We have clothing lines. We have food company like right. Like you don't go to a restaurant and they just serve every type of food. They, they specialize in something. And that's what I wanted Word is Bond to do is not to just be this super program that tried to tackle every ism in every marginalized group of people. I wanted to be great at one thing and mm. the experiences of young black men and, and master master that. And we haven't even mastered that, right? And, and, and it, it gets so exciting. Oh, we got this program. You did two years and it was really successful. Now let's like splinter it off and, and do 50 other groups just like and I'm I'm still... I'm still trying to refine the recipe. I'm still trying to perfect what it is we're doing and get it to a level where we can we can scale it. And so, you know, everybody wants to see, oh, what, what's the wins? I think those should be created. All I can say is I know the experience of, of being a young black man, and I want to create a program that speaks to that that issue unapologetically. There's so much to this program, more than just a conversation, as you said, with the police. Yeah. There are internship Mm -hmm. opportunities. Mm -hmm. These young people are first crafted into becoming all that they can be as young black leaders. Mm -hmm. And then you have an opportunity to put them in some of the top organizations and businesses, Mm -hmm. Nike, Mm -hmm. 
the police department, law enforcement. They've met judges. These young people are exposed to mentors. You had one from hood to coast, Mm -hmm. the CEO and president, Mm -hmm. who came up to the podium and started crying Mm -hmm. because he was so impressed Mm -hmm. with the person that you sent to intern with them that they are now hiring Mm -hmm. him. That's the kind of impact that you're having. Yeah, yeah. And that is powerful. Yeah, it's just all about opening opportunities. You know, um, I know Spencer likes history and stuff like that. So, you know, one of my favorite black leaders was W.E.B. Du Bois. Yes. And he talked about this iron curtain that separates black people from the rest of the world. And my goal is just to lift that curtain a little bit and show these young men what is on the other side. I can't take all of them to that by myself, but I just want to show them that there are more possibilities than what they see. And I didn't see them growing up. And I had more opportunities than a lot of people did, but I did not truly know what I was capable of or what were even the possibilities of this world. And so in a place like Portland, Oregon, that can be so sheltered and where black communities live just amongst themselves Mm -hmm. and they don't see opportunities, I just want to show our young men the different possibilities that exist out there, whether it's in camping, hiking, business, leadership, job opportunities, just to for them to be able to see it and hopefully spark that surge within them to go out and then take those next steps to actually become the best version of themselves. And most people live within a 15 block radius of their home. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah. Yep. I'm originally from Kansas. Okay. I've been away from home a long yeah. time. Yeah. Um, and I think the best education is travel. So yeah, I, I love what you're doing. Spencer, don't get it twisted. I've been listening to you, and you've had an immense impact on these young people. This is the second year that you've participated in Word is Bond. Is that correct? Why was this important to you? Obviously, with everything that's been going on in the world, it takes a lot of courage, and it takes someone like yourself to really step up to the plate and say, hey, I want to help make a difference. So... A couple of things. I knew I knew early on, even before I became a police officer, that I really liked working with kids. So I became a school resource officer for the Oregon City School District about four years ago. And then two years ago, when Lakiana approached our chief with participating in the program and they asked for volunteers, there was zero hesitation. And I've always thought, too, in terms of solving these issues in our communities, being a police officer, right, that's kind of step one in terms of being a part of the solution. But I also view programs like this as as being part of the solution, right? And one of the things that I think is really important about this program that I liked, Lakiana has said from the beginning, whether he's talking to a police chief or, or a sheriff and it's on his website, like, this isn't a program to make young black men like like the police like hey they're your buddies and and I think I think that's important right it's important because he sets the stage for the police officers to come and it's important to understand that they are there to listen we get to interact we get to share some of our stories as well but to me that's one of the biggest takeaways as a police officer hearing their stories and the things that they have heard growing up from Uh, people in their neighborhood, people in their family. It Mm -hmm. really resonates with me because it gives me a different perspective, right? Because I grew up, my father was a firefighter. My mom was a nurse. I obviously grew up in a home of, of public servants, but also we looked favorably on the police, right? We um, we valued that job, right? There may be some young men that come from, from homes or cultures or neighborhoods where they're, they're suspect of the police, right? And let's not let's not deny, right? Speaking of history, let's not deny the the relationship between the police, law enforcement in this country, and and the black community, 
It is a very, very strained relationship. And I think as the law enforcement community, we can do a lot just to just recognize that and say, yeah, we have a lot that we can improve on as well. Being a part of this program, how has it changed your perspective on young black people or the black community in general? Because it's really about relationship building and understanding one another. They say church is the most segregated part of the United States even today. Mm. Sunday morning service. Mm. But in our day-to-day walk, in our day-to-day lives, how many times do we actually interact with one another outside of our own race, outside of our own comfort zone? How has this impacted you? A couple of things. It's I think I've been I've been blessed with a personality of curiosity. I always want to hear people's stories. I like talking to people. That's just kind of that's just who I am, right? You ask anyone that knows me, including Mr. Drury. Um, sometimes I, he can't get me to shut up. But hearing their stories, right, and, and meeting these meeting these young black men, hearing their stories, not only as a police officer but just as a person, you you start to gain a better understanding of how different people move through the world. And I think a lot of times, it's just, I think it's sometimes just how our brains work or how our culture is, right? We're very, you're very you focused, right? And I think everyone has these opportunities, right? Everyone is told that they can do whatever they want and they go up, right? Everyone is told to respect the police. Everyone has had these great interactions with, um, whether it's public education or the government in general, right? And then when you hear these stories, right? For example, the one of the exercises that we do in the engagement days is the fishbowl exercise where the young black men sit in a circle and they have a conversation based on topics that Mr. Drury gives them and the officers sit on another circle and just listen, right? And one theme, I've, I talked about this a little bit at the at the community showcase, one theme that continues to, to resonate and continues to be brought up is this idea of being a young black man in the community, right? Whether it's being followed in the store, whether it's um, the one, the one thing that came up that just like was so frustrating and blew my mind this year was when I go to a self checkout at a store, I make sure that I have my receipt in my hand so everyone knows wow. that I that I bought this. I can tell you, I've never once thought of that. I've never once thought of that. Wow. So if that makes sense in terms of how it's impacted me, it has given me this given me this lens. So. Whether I whether it's in my personal life or I go into a situation as a police officer, right, and I go into or I you know I stop someone that's black or I go to a, maybe a domestic disturbance where it's, it's a black family, having this backdrop of like okay, I don't know what their past experiences have been. If I met with hostility, it may be all of these other cultural and social and these factors that they have they have grown up with and dealt with. Maybe I can take a step back, build some rapport. Um, and not be so on the defensive. Wow. And what I love about this is that he represents Oregon City Police Department, Portland Police, Lake Oswego, Hillsboro Police Department. Did I leave anyone else? Yep. Uh, we have Gresham, um, okay. Beaverton, uh, Multnomah County Sheriff's Office. Washington County? Washington County Sheriff's Office, yeah. We've been growing. There's a lot of different agencies that participated. We know that there uh, is reform that needs to take place within our police um, departments, but I love the fact that you reached out to them, that this was so significant and so important to you. How has has the response been from all of those that you've reached out and asked to be a part of this? Yeah, it's they've all been very willing to participate, and I think it, it's challenged my own 
views on law enforcement, you know what I'm saying? Especially when I've, you know, going into some of these smaller towns and reaching out to these police chiefs and I don't have a ton of experience with that and you meet them and you hear their ideas and you just realize how much more complicated the issues are because it's like, well, this person doesn't appear to be a bad person, right? When I see what's on the news and I'm seeing, I have this idea of what all these police chiefs are like and then you meet them and they, they get the issues. So I think that that kind of challenges this idea, okay, like, well, where is the problem then if, if these folks are getting it? But the response has been um, great. They're wanting to participate. Obviously, that's also due to the times, right? We're in this position where it's like they need, they want to engage in the community. Um, and so being able to engage these different agencies is just, it's been great. It's been great. And we want to, you know, get more into their communities and see other ways we can engage their local youth and local communities as well. There are two programs. There's a summer program, and then there's the school, school year. year program. Yep. Can you divulge a little bit more about those programs? Yeah, so so Rising Leaders is our summer internship program. It's a six-week paid internship through SummerWorks, which pays the wages of the youth. And the first-year program, which Munga describes, is a cohort of up to 15 young men from all over the city of Portland. And, and they have to be interviewed to be a part absolutely they have to submit an application they do interviews which are conducted by myself um some of our staff and then past year uh youth leaders as well so all of our components of our program have youth voice in it there's nothing we design it's just like some staff sitting in a room we incorporate youth into all aspects of it and so over those six weeks they learn everything from public speaking they do law week Tuesdays is their engagement days with officers. So officers come in every Tuesday out of uniform at our space and have these workshops. And then the final day with officers, the officers come in uniform. Um, The young men get suits. They get um, uh, professional photos taken. They go on a camping trip. And then the second years, they are off-site. And so they're in these different internships that we were talking about earlier, Hood to Coast, Relay, Titan Freight the Multnomah County District Attorney's Office, and they're taking all of the skills that they learned in that first year and applying them into a real-world experience so that by the time they're you know juniors and seniors, they've had two impactful summers of leadership. Now, our third year, which hasn't been crafted yet, is going to be um, uh, a leadership experience in West Africa. I and am so, super excited yeah, about that. So, it would be a, it would, so basically what we're looking at is a three-year rites of passage program, wow. almost like a urban boy scouts for young black men to give them the leadership skills the interpersonal skills and the experiences that can that they can then take into the real world um during the school year uh, the program's called word up and it focuses more on mentoring and then community engagement so the youth who participate in the summer and new youth who come in and get involved during the school year they do presentations to schools so they do know your rights trainings they do presentations to officers so last year in february we did um, presentations to all 10 of our law enforcement agencies and how they can better engage with young black men. And it's taught by the youth. We train them how to conduct these these presentations, and then they go out and do them. And they conducted 21 of them over the course of February to over 450 officers. How many 17, 16-year-olds can say that they've presented in front of adults, let alone police, police off- officers. officers, on how to better engage the community? Um and then, um, yeah, so that's what the school year kind of looks like, pro-social activities to keep the youth engaged, but then leadership opportunities to use their skills. And that's where that, when we talk about rewriting the narrative between young black men and law enforcement through critical dialogue, education, that's where the education component comes in. Fascinating. 
the students that are participating in the summer program, do they automatically go into the year program? Um, so what we do is we create um, like a, a, a success plan with them. And so we sit down with them and their families and we talk about like, what, what is your long-term vision for yourself? Right. Because this is not just like a regular program where it's just like, oh, you just come and then like we, you see us for the summer and then that's it, right? Like we know where all of our youth live. We get to know their families. We get to know their siblings. We want like their success is our success. And so we want to help be with them and support them through their whole journey. Now, we just hired our second staff member who is a program manager, and that will be his job is just to specifically work with these youth, do a little bit of case management and support them throughout their journey. Some of them need academic support. Some of them, like Munga, they knew in their freshman year what they wanted to go do. Some of them are coming out of the, the justice system and are on probation. So there's just so many different needs, and we want to help support those goals. We don't want to make a program that in and of itself is something totally different than what they're doing in their lives. We want what we're doing here to be led, designed by them, and to help them get where they want to go in the future. What can the community, what is the next thing that we can do to support you? Yeah. Um, I do know that you just came out with a new poems book that these young people yeah. actually wrote themselves, and that's yeah. for sale right now. Yep. Munga, tell us about the poetry book that you all wrote. I got a story to tell, and you had a significant role in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So particularly for the book and the poetry that we comprised from last year, um, that was from uh, different type of workshops that Drury gave to us in which he would give us different prompts or different writing topics to write about. And those were all of all of the community ambassadors like poems comprised in just the book and perfected over like the course of six, six weeks. And then for mine, mine was Black Boy Joy that was actually featured in the uh, Racial Justice Initiative. This poem is actually titled A Letter to the Black Boys. I think I had begun writing this during the summer and like still with with doing Word is Bond for two years now, like I still have a negative viewpoint on police, but I think these conversations are needed to be had. Even though I may dislike the occupation and the system in which it is, I do know we are all what we got right now and we have to work with what we have. And so right now, I just know there's supposed to be conversations that are had because it seems like at this point, like everyone's shutting down in a time like this. It's more important than ever to have conversations with people you dislike or disapprove of. But yeah, this is the poem. A letter to the black boys. If you knew your power, you wouldn't wince when people got you dismissed, but instead you'd smile. Black boy joy keeps the waves afloat and also your do-rag. A letter to the black boys that I can't promise tomorrow. Tamir Rice wasn't given that same luxury. Trayvon didn't reach adulthood. A letter to the black boys to live life to the fullest. Because even as a black boy, you are posed as a threat. It's got me wondering, am I next? This is a letter to the black boy that doesn't fit into a black box, that doesn't fit the status quo, that doesn't conform to Eurocentric standards of what y'all impose on him. A letter to the black boy that I was once you. I was a shoeless black boy dribbling a soccer ball on the concrete. I was an African kid my mom and dad didn't hesitate to dress up. Yeah, I got those looks. But this poem, this letter, it's a letter to the black boy. The black boy from the Ville and the black boy from the Congo. The black boy who's bilingual and the black boy who knows everything but English. The black boy with the fits and the black boy with the hits. This poem's for you. Go shine, black boy. You got a story to tell. Amazing. Thank you. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And, you know, and and I love that he can sit right next to Officer Road and he can say his truth 
And here, Spencer is nodding his head along with him. Like right. he completely understands where he's coming from. Right. This is not a short-term fix. This no. is a long, a long road ahead of us. But what a great start. Yeah. How can we help you? What do you need so that this can continue and grow? Because as I said at the meeting, I don't think this is just a program that should be in Portland. Yeah. I think this is a program that needs to be nationwide, worldwide. Your vision is worldwide. Yeah. You know, the next steps for us is just continuing to have community support, you know, being able to get into more schools. We're going to be doing a campaign this fall, but I think there's still a lot of people who don't know what Word is Bond is or what we do. And so helping us spread our message, taking it back to your local schools, talking to the people that you know, the influencers, whether they're business leaders, whether they're community leaders, whether they're elected officials and saying, hey, this is a program that you should be aware of. And this program, is it, it's not a movie, right? This is about real conversations and real people. And it takes a lot of courage for the young men to sit in the room and to speak their truth, for officers to sit there and hear stories that aren't just what they want to hear. They're right? not comfortable. They're not comfortable. No, and that's we were always trying to break those barriers down. I mean, obviously, funding is a big thing. So when people are, when they have organizations that are looking to donate, money, time, whatever it is, like think about our organization. Everything that we've done and that's been described has been largely done over a, a single staff member, myself, that's gone unpaid for the majority of this work, and then a bunch of volunteers. And we can take this to the next level with support from businesses, from community organizations, um, from law enforcement agencies that that if, if you truly care about this issue, if you really care about dismantling white supremacy or changing racism in our country, like support our organization. Like this is an organization that unapologetically supports young black men and everybody can have a hand in supporting it. Now that support doesn't always look the same way, right? Like we don't need a thousand volunteers to come, um, you know, mentor these young men, but we do need financial support. We do need connections. We need, we're going to need a larger business space. We're looking for a community center that we could have that that the young men could come and do homework that could play sports that we could have some of these discussions on a larger level so there's just a lot of ways businesses that want to provide internships for our young men we have funding to fund those positions we just need spaces for these young men to grow wow. and to be in so there's a little bit of something for everybody to support our poetry books on sale we have another one coming out in February. And basically people need to go to mywordisbond.org. Is there another way that they can reach you? That's the best way. All, all our email and contact information is on, on the if website. If they want to donate, can they donate on yep, the webpage? The website has a donation page. It has our shop. We have beanies and the poetry books currently on sale. We're going to have t-shirts this fall. So there is a, a lot of different ways to support. We're struggling right now, right? Probably as a world, not just a country, but to, to connect with one, one another and, and have these conversations. And I recently, <clears throat> I recently watched one of, um, Lakiana's, uh, public speeches that he gave. Um, and he talked about investing in our youth, right? Specifically in our young black men, right? With some of the stuff that's going on in Portland and the violence and stuff like that. One thing that I really appreciate about him is because a lot of times people, especially with social media, they'll say things, right? They'll post things on social media or they'll put a bumper sticker on their car. But are they really, what is their skin in the game, right? Uh, it's, it's easy for me because I'm paid, you know, to do a job where I'm interacting with the community, right? But he's put his money where his mouth is and he's actually investing 
in these young men, which is so key. And so the reason why this is important, because I was thinking about it as I was listening to him talk, my father passed away when I was going into eighth grade, right? Very, very challenging for me. But then I started thinking about over the next six or seven years, the the adults in my life, the community that invested in me, whether it was coaches or teachers or my extended family, right, that just surrounded me and, and supported me. What we can do as a community, right, is none of us work for the federal government, right? We don't make public policy, right? We can support each other, whether it's financially or taking the time to seek ways that we're actually investing in our young people. So I just I just wanted to add that because that to me is is so incredibly important. And I would argue that Lakiana is less like uh, WB Du Bois and more like Booker T. Washington. But we'll have that we'll have that conversation. <laughs> we'll have later. that conversation on the next <laughs> the next uh, life inspired. Yeah. I just want to thank you all so much. So did you want to say anything? Yeah, else, I want Simonga? to add one more thing. I had created a podcast. It's a YouTube channel right now called Leave It to a Small Podcast. And I was thinking like what's what what is it that every single human has in common regardless of color regardless if you're black white yellow whatever color is that we all have a story to tell and that's literally the theme of what it was um of what our word is bond summer was last year and so primarily what i chose to do was this summer i chose to go around the city of portland and i talked with like a hundred plus people and just asked them different questions about different life questions about their stories such as like what's one thing you would change about yourself and why or a moment that has moved you or or um share share a short short story in your life that you remember like any inspiration you could give to another person and so i kick-started the series um and it was called humanize you and it's up on youtube it's called you leave it to a smile podcast um the first episode of that whole like uh thing that i went around with random strangers to speak with is uh is already up so yeah i would love if you guys check that it's called leave it to his smile podcast okay we're gonna check it out thank you munga and congratulations on being accepted to boston university i am so proud of you i want to thank all of you for coming and being a part of this thank you so much for listening i'm crystal for life inspired thanks for having us crystal you're welcome Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.